0: Get your day started with a breakfast full of positive music, fun, inspiration and so much more. Rise and shine with Felon DJ. Weekday mornings on Vision.
1: Coming up today on The Story.
0: 4972319 That phone number there is mine If a policeman asks my name I will sing this song to him again so, I taught this song to my children, and I
1: thought, well, if ever they do get lost, go to a policeman and sing them that song. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Jenny Flack has been entertaining Australian children with Christian music for over 30 years. But what people might not be familiar with are the stories behind her songs and Jenny's story in general. Unfortunately, along with the laughter and fun of children's entertainment, there's also been heartache and pain behind the scenes. Today, Jenny Flack joins us on the phone from her home on Phillip Island to share the ups and downs of her life story. She's chatting with Eric Scadabo. Jenny Flack, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you very much, Eric. I'm very, very happy to be here.
2: Glad to have you with us. And let's go all the way back to your childhood. Where were you born and raised?
0: Well, I was born in Ivanhoe and uh, raised in Melbourne and uh, spent most of my life in Melbourne until 1995 when I moved to the United States and I lived there for five years before coming back.
2: Okay. And spiritually, you became a Christian at a very young age?
0: Yes, I did. I was nearly five. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was Christmas night at my grandmother's house and my father, who always prayed with me before I went to sleep at night, and introduced me to the ways of God from a very, very young age. He led me to the Lord that night, and uh, I still remember it, and uh, it's very, very clear in my mind. So I was nearly five.
2: Okay, and also, music was a big part of your life.
0: A very big part of my life. I came from a very, very musical family. My grandparents, Uh, On both sides of my family were musicians. My mother, she studied at the Conservatory of Music in Piano. She became a piano teacher. My father was a singer. My two siblings and I were brought up learning to play the piano. And then uh, my brother decided to go for the cello and my sister decided to go for the flute and I decided to go for the guitar as well as uh, learning to play the piano when we were little Um, yeah we all chose different instruments from then on.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And growing up what role did music play in your life?
0: Um, My parents were very very encouraging with music. Um, At school if there was any opportunities for singing with choirs and and so on you know we were involved in choirs and musicals and uh, I sang in a madrigal in, in high school and um, my brother actually led a number of musicals in the high school um, you know, as he as he grew older. Mm-hmm. So music was a big part. And when I was a young teenager, I um, that's when my interest in the guitar first came. And I I used to come home from school every night. I'd get out the guitar and I'd get out my little folk song book and I would just play and play oh. and play until it was time for dinner, <laughs> and then. I'd have my dinner, and then I'd go back and play and play and play. I, I just loved the guitar.
2: Wow. So you really loved music. And then you were married at 20 years old?
0: Yes. Married at 20, yeah. Sounds like a child now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and had children?
0: I yes. I uh, I had six pregnancies altogether.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I lost three children, which was really, really sad. And mm-hmm. um, one stillborn. Um, he was a little boy, and uh, he was actually my, my third son and um, the other two I I lost sort of later in the pregnancy. Yeah, so that that part of my life was pretty pretty sad, but Mm -hmm. um, I have three beautiful, healthy sons, and I have a wonderful relationship with each one of them, and they're all musicians. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) wow.
2: So the tradition is continuing.
0: Oh, yes. Yes, definitely, yes. In fact, my two older sons, Um, They used to tour with me when I was touring Australia, not just Australia. uh, My music was in Singapore and um, New Zealand Mm -hmm. and America as well. So uh, it wasn't just in Australia where music played an important role.
2: Now, speaking of your sons, they inspired your first song. Is that right?
0: Well, yes, they did. The oldest was four, the next one was three. And uh, one day, unbeknownst to me, they climbed out their bedroom window and they decided to go exploring down the street. Wow. And I thought that they were playing happily in their room. I got a telephone call to say, Jenny, we're really sorry to tell you this, but uh, we have just discovered your two sons playing down a drain outside our building. Oh, wow. (laughs) <laughs> oh, wow. so of course, I'm freaking out. Yeah, exactly. I down there and I got them and brought them back home again. And, and then uh, my husband had to work out a way of locking the windows so that they couldn't, uh, <laughs> they couldn't get out any, <laughs> and do that again. Yeah. But it inspired me because I was thinking if this should ever occur again and they got lost, how would they know? To tell the people where they lived, or mm-hmm. and I'm thinking yeah. there are only three and there are only four, and so I came up with the idea of making up a little song. And uh, if you don't mind, I'll sing it for you because please, please because do. I remember it so well. Yeah, and it went four nine seven two three one nine. That phone number there is mine. If a policeman asks my name. I will sing this song to him again. Four, nine, seven, two, three, one, nine. And so the song goes on. Oh, wow. So I taught this song to my children. Yeah. And I thought, well, if ever they do get lost, uh, I said to them, go to a policeman and sing them that song. (laughs) And they still remember that telephone number.
2: To this day, they still remember it?
0: They still remember to this (laughs) very day. They remember that phone number.
2: So you better not change that number then.
0: Well, of course, they've had many, many numbers <laughs> since then. But it, it's very interesting, you know, that I have learned that music is probably one of the most powerful tools that we have in communicating things to children that we don't want them to forget. I yeah. mean, not just yeah. children, but, you know, mm-hmm. adults as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, music is like, you know, saying the same word twice or something. Yeah. I don't know, but it yeah. it's just its so powerful. Yeah, uh, you're
2: you're absolutely right, because unfortunately, I can sing along with commercials from my childhood.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Some things you don't want to remember. (laughs) Exactly, yeah.
2: But it is effective.
0: Oh, certainly, it is. When Jesus forgives, he forgets what I've done And the bad things I did have now gone When Jesus forgives, he forgets what I've done the bad things I did have now gone
2: So this is how it all started. Then what happened?
0: So then I had uh, my fourth son, Nathan, and uh, we moved from Ivanhoe to, to Beubank, which D- is a... Uh,
2: don't tell me you changed the phone number.
0: <laughs> yeah, we changed the phone number.
2: <laughs> <laughs> have to teach them a new song that now. <laughs>
0: stage, they were, they were old enough to know their address and oh, okay, all okay. that. So yep. that, that was okay. Okay. Um, and we moved into an area that was very new, a new neighbourhood, and there were sort of houses being built all over the place. And but there was nothing for kids to do. There was, you know, no sports things going on at the time or anything much. Mm-hmm. And um, my brother-in-law was uh, a Sebs a leader. And, and what is SEBS that? Is a, an acronym for the Church of England Boys' Society, mm-hmm. and it was a bit like the Cubs. And uh, they had a uniform, and uh, but it was run through the Anglican Church.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And in my street, there were about eight boys. And so I put it to the Anglican Church that I was attending at the time that maybe a couple of the fathers, the dads, would be prepared to train as uh, a, a Sebs leader, and that we would um you know we'd run a sebs group in in Vibank because there were so many children, especially mm-hmm. boys. Yep. And um, anyway, none of them are interested. Oh, we've got too many other things to do. And mm. anyway, it, it so happened that I made this suggestion in the middle of the uh, annual general meeting. And I said, well, you know what? If I was a man, I would do it. And if women were allowed to be SEBs leaders, then I would be one of them. And unknown to me, there was a chap sitting right in the back and he happened to be the regional manager of SEBs in that area. Mm. And he said, they do let women do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and I, I trained and I became what's called a, a governor in the, uh, in the SEBs. Mm-hmm. And so I started a SEB group in Viewbank and uh, that group grew And uh, and then we had to split it because it became too big. And uh, Mm -hmm. I became the branch governor of two different groups one for younger boys and and then for older boys. For he's thrown them in the deepest part of God's forgetful sea, where there's a great big sign that says, No fishing, no
1: fishing. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scatterbow is chatting with Jenny Flack, who's been entertaining Australian children with her Christian music for over 30 years. We just heard how she became a leader in her local Church of England Boys Society, or SEBS. Next, we're going to find out how being involved in that boys' society eventually leads to her career in writing songs for children. All that and more when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Today Christian children's entertainer Jenny Flack is sharing her life journey. As we heard before the break, she became a leader of her local Church of England Boys Society, or Sebs, where there weren't any fathers who were willing to do it. Now we're going to hear how that involvement leads to her career in writing and performing songs for children. Ooh,
0: you got to feed your mind on the good things. Yeah, you got to feed your mind on what is right. Feed your mind on the pure and lovely And think about it day and night It was during my work in the Seb's where music really started to play perhaps a more purposeful role.
3: Mm-hmm. The
0: boys wore a uniform and uh, when they got their uniform they had to, there was a ceremony and they had to uh, make statements and promises and one of the things they had to promise was, I promise that I will read so much of the Bible every day. I promise that I will pray to God every day for my friends and my family. I promise that, da-da-da, there mm-hmm. were a lot of promises. Yeah. And I started to wonder, what do these boys understand about promises? Do they really know? They're only eight years old, you know, yeah. seven yeah. and eight. Mm-hmm. And so I asked them. And the answers that I got looked like one little boy said, well, cross your heart and hope to die if you tell a lie. I thought, what? Hmm. <laughs> and then another kid said, oh, you put your fingers behind your back and you cross them. And then you can say whatever you like and it'll be okay.
2: <laughs> oh, wow.
0: So the more questions that I asked, the more I understood that they had no idea what a promise was. hmm They didn't know what they were saying. And so I wrote a song called What is a Promise. What
3: is a promise?
0: A promise means keeping your word. And what does keeping your word mean? Well, listen and I'll tell you right now. But then I realised from there that, that... Music was indeed very powerful, and I started to write a lot of other songs for them. And um, the priest in charge of the Anglican church that I was going to at the time, he used to ask me to um, find or source children's songs that would support his children's talks. Mm -hmm. And I used to do that week after week, and... uh, One day, I couldn't come up with anything. I I couldn't find a suitable song. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to have a go at writing one. So I did. And I wrote my very first song for the church. And when the minister found out that I was able to actually write material, Mm -hmm. as well as just sing it, he asked me whether I would do more writing. And uh, he'd often, you know, just drop in, stick his head around the door and say, Hey, Jen, I'm going to be speaking about such and such on Sunday morning. How about you come up with a song for us? Mm-hmm. And I would take him up on his challenge and I would uh, write a song. And, and slowly they yeah. began to grow.
2: So you really enjoyed that?
0: I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. really did. Mm-hmm. I really loved it. I loved hearing people singing my songs.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it was really good. My husband actually he could see that I had a talent that he felt could uh, could expand, mm-hmm. and uh, he knew that every year at kuma there was um, a Christian music seminar, and he decided that he would record some of the songs that I had written and he'd record them you know professionally in a proper recording studio mm-hmm. and then he sent me off to uh, up to uh, to kuma and uh, I went up there and uh I showed my music to people who were of uh, some consequence in the music uh, industry up there uh and they said you've got to get these songs heard you've you've got to you've got to mm.
3: um
0: and they had a number of concerts they held every lunchtime and so you put your name down at breakfast and Lunchtime came around and they would have about, I don't know, maybe eight people that would get to sing. And uh, anyway, they would choose the very best of each day. And then the very best of each day got to sing at the big major concert at the end of the week. And Mm. anyway, fortunately for me, I sang a song that I wrote for a 14-year-old boy in our church called uh, Song for Anthony. And uh, I wrote it for his baptism. And uh, as I say, he was 14 years old, so he was a, a, an older child who had come to the Lord. And anyway, I decided that I would sing that song at uh, Kuma, And I was chosen as the best performer of the day. Oh, and I got to sing at the end of the week.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And at the end of that concert, I was approached by three different record labels to sign, they wanted to sign me to do children's material. But I was encouraged not to. Why is that? Well, the reason for it was because the music industry in Australia was very small.
2: And this is the 1980s you were talking about.
0: This this was, yeah, yeah. Uh, This was about 1982 at the time. Yep. And there were only about, oh, I don't know, maybe 450-odd Christian music bookstores throughout the whole of Australia.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So that wasn't very many at all.
3: Yeah.
0: And so I was advised by uh, some musicians who had already gone through the, uh, the, the recording thing with labels, and they said, don't sign with anybody. If you can do it yourself make up your own label, and go direct to those stores.
3: Hmm. And that's
0: exactly what I did. So I recorded an album of music which was entitled Mugwumps and Important Things,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and I sent out a copy of the... Because in those days, there, there were no CDs. It was all cassette.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. So
0: I, I sent out a copy, a cassette a copy of the of the label. To every Christian bookstore in Australia, mm-hmm. and I gave them a good deal on, you know, if they bought, you know, five, you know, that they would yeah. get an extra one and so on. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I was really quite astounded at how, you know, the response was quite amazing because there was no Australian children's musicians recording children's songs at the time. So there were no children's albums. Yeah, Australian.
2: So you were a pioneer.
0: So I was, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was at that time. And uh, Scripture Union got to hear about the music, and uh, and and uh, they were running their their big annual Scripture Union SUFM uh, Children's Mission uh, Training Day they mm-hmm. had uh, towards the end of the year, and uh, they asked me whether I would perform some of the songs and. I I used backing vocals, for some of the children from my church, mm-hmm. and so we went and we performed, and uh, the music just sold right off the shelf, just like one after the other after the other, and then, then people started asking me whether I would come and teach their teachers about music and children, mm-hmm. and uh, so a, a seminar program started. That was the other thing that I was told. They said if you sign up with somebody, they will sell your your music but you won't make any money out of it mm. for a very long time because they will have to take back, you know, all of the, the production costs mm. and etc. Yeah. Yeah. But if you do it yourself, you'll make enough money quickly enough to be able to go and record another album. And mm. that's exactly what I did. So within 2 years I'd recorded two albums, and then in the next 2 years I I'd, I'd recorded another one, another one, and then another one, and then another one and so that's, you know, that's how it went. And, uh, and the more I became known really quite quickly,
3: mm-hmm.
0: my very first school concert was in Sydney.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: A guy in Sydney, was uh, he, he was running a, a radio program and he came across my album mm-hmm. and uh, he got in touch with me and he said, will you come up to Sydney and, and do a concert for me uh, at this big school? So my very first concert was up in Sydney and I, I had to, The children were all outside, out in the playground, Mm -hmm. and I stood on a table with a microphone in front of me and (laughs) did my first concert like that.
2: (laughs) Very basic, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Now, that has to be very gratifying to know, while there are many people, middle-aged, that grew up listening to you and your music.
0: Oh, yeah. Many, many, many people, yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Do they Um, come up to you sometimes and say, hey, I grew up
0: singing your songs? all the time. now, I receive... Uh, letters from people, uh, emails from people,
3: yeah
0: in fact I'll tell you a story mm-hmm. um, uh, when my children became older, My two oldest sons began working with me. they became puppeteers. Uh, I became a puppeteer as part of my work, and mm-hmm. uh, I taught them, and they became puppeteers as well and We started to work once a month at the Royal children's Hospital in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And we used to do concerts for the sick children. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would wheel the kids down in their wheelchairs or their wheelie beds or, um, you know, with their drips and everything. Mm, yeah. um, and they would come into this big room that uh, we would set up and we had a big puppet theatre and, you know, we would, uh, we would do a concert and, and try to make them smile and laugh as much as we could. And uh, one day I received a letter from a lady that I didn't know and I opened the letter and inside was another letter Mm -hmm. sealed. I thought, well, this is a bit odd. I pulled out the first letter and there was a little message on the top that said, please do not read the second letter until you have read this one. Mm -hmm. So I thought, right, okay, this is curious. Mm -hmm. And... I began to read, and it was, Dear Jenny, words to this effect anyway, Mm -hmm. Dear Jenny, I just want you to know what an amazing difference you have made to our family. We Mm -hmm. heard you as a family sing at the Royal Children's Hospital when our youngest son was being treated for leukaemia. We live a long way from Melbourne and our son is very ill. We have not laughed for many months and we all attended your concert. And for the first time in months, we laughed together as a family. And I just want you to know how much that meant. We Mm -hmm. loved your music so much that I decided to go out, find the rest of your albums and buy them all, which I did. Mm. And our family has been enjoying your music ever since. And there was a little bit of patter that, you know, went mm. on along, that, yeah. along those lines. But she yeah. was just so wrapped, you know. Wonderful. But then it came to the second letter. Mm-hmm. And I curiously unsealed it and pulled it out. And she said, Dear Jenny, I am very sad as I read this letter to have to tell you that our son didn't make it, Mm -mm. that he passed away and she gave me the date of when it had happened. But she wanted me to know how much the music had meant to him and to them during those last days of his life and it brings tears to your eyes you mm. know you t- yeah. to be something like that and that was for me it was heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same mm. time yeah. if you could understand that yep. Yep. Yeah. Ooh, you gotta feed your mind on the good things yeah you gotta feed your mind on what is right. Feed your mind on the pure and lovely And think about it day and night
1: That's the music of our guest today, Jenny Flack who's been entertaining Australian children with her Christian music for over 30 years. And as we just heard, her music has had a profound impact on many people's lives over the years. We're going to hear more of her story and more about the impact Jenny has had on people's lives next time as we hear part two of Eric Scadabo's conversation with her. Until then, I just want to emphasize that Jenny's life is a good illustration of a person using their gifts and talents for the Lord. As it says in the Bible in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, we're called to use our gifts to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. Now, God doesn't give us anything just for our own benefit, but we are blessed to be a blessing to others. And Jenny's music is certainly a good example of that. Well, until next time, when we'll hear part two of Jenny Flack's story, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story... So
0: on a Saturday we used to drive into the project area and we would set up on a a big football area. My job was to write the program that was going to be presented to the families and I thought, oh, well, we'll get a band together. So I got some people that could, you know, play guitars and the whole thing went down like a lead balloon. It was just awful.
1: When Jenny Flack was a young mother of three little boys, she wrote a song for them to help them remember their own phone number. And that was the beginning of her writing songs for children. She's now gone on to entertain Australian children with her Christian music for over 30 years. We'll hear more of Jenny Flack's story next time. The Story, just another way vision is connecting faith to life.